Amazing. So we are in the middle of this series. Before I start, my name is Debbie. Uh, one of the campus pastors here at Icon Church in Chesterfield with my husband, Nathan. And um, we've got three kids. That's one of the main reasons why I'm on the edge about camping. We have camped before. We camped with one child and we did it for many years. I feel like I've done my stint. Um, but we will see. But I want to give you a huge welcome. Maybe you're watching online for the first time. Maybe you're in the room for the first time. I want to give you a massive welcome. So come on, let's welcome anyone that's here for the first time. Like I said, we've started this new series called Stronger, the Stronger series, and it's a five-part series, and today is week two. And uh, this series is all based on the five foundational practices from our Follow Jesus website. And uh, this world is in a time of crisis and chaos, and everything seems to be shaken. And it's in these times that we believe that we should become weaker or that the world would tell us that we should become weaker. But we believe here at Icon Church that it's in these times, in these times where we think we should be weaker, that actually with God, we can become stronger. And the subtitle of this series is called Bold Faith in a Noisy World, because God says no weapon can be forged against you. And uh, I really believe that God's perspective, God's wisdom, God's plan is everything that we need to rise above the obstacles and the setbacks and the challenges and the things that we face in this world. He is able to do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. So I believe Icon Church this morning, not just today, but throughout each part of this series, week on week, I believe that we are coming out stronger stronger than ever before. Last week, our lead pastor, Paul, he spoke on the power of the seed. And it was all about aligning your faith and your thoughts and your words with your actions. And that our actions are a seed for a harvest that we want to see. But the greatest place of return for that harvest is God's kingdom. And today, we're going to be looking at building your life on the rock. Build your life on the rock. And we're all going to be looking at God's word. So let's turn to Matthew 7, 24 to 27. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But every man who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Let me just pray. Yes, Lord God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this word and for this series that we're diving into, Lord God. I thank you that with you, regardless of the circumstances around us or the world that we see and the world that we live in, that we can still be strong, Lord God. That with you, we can become stronger. That we can gain strength, Lord God. That we can continue with momentum 
because of you and your word, Lord God. And I pray today that as you speak through me, Lord God, to the hearts in this room and to the hearts online, Lord God, that you would create us to be stronger, Lord Jesus. That you would use your words to empower us, Lord God, to grow us, to strengthen us, Lord Jesus, to inspire us this morning. So that as we walk out of church today, that we know that whatever we face for the rest of this week, this month, this year, Lord God, whatever our circumstances are, that actually we can still be strong and that you go before us, Lord God. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. So this morning, church, I wonder, what was the first decision that you made this morning? As soon as you woke up, or maybe you didn't make any decisions as soon as you woke up, but maybe within the first hour, what was the first decision that you made? Maybe it was, should I hit the snooze button or shall I get up? I think those snooze button people, by the way, are people that are very clearly organised, don't have children, lay their clothes out the night before and are willing to skip breakfast because otherwise you don't have time to do it all. Now, I did hit the snooze button this morning and I do have children. I didn't lay my clothes out, but I did skip breakfast. (laughs) Maybe your first decision this morning was, should I clean my teeth first and then have breakfast? Or should I have breakfast and then clean my teeth? Or if you skip breakfast because you hit the snooze button, you just cleaned your teeth. Should I walk to church or should I drive to church? I don't think I have ever walked to church and I live in Hasland, but Nathan has walked to church. Um, Or maybe you're one of those people that some mornings your alarm goes off and you think, should I get up and go to the gym? Or should I have longer in bed? The amount of evenings that me and my husband Nathan have this conversation of, what time are you getting up in the morning? What time are you getting up in the morning? Well, I'm going to get up at half past six and I'm going to go to the gym before you go to work. I thought, okay, okay, darling, you do that. Half past six comes, the alarm goes off. The alarm's woken me up because I wasn't planning on getting up till seven. And then he snoozes. Half past seven, he's still in bed. He woke me up at half six for nothing. In fact, whilst we're on that subject as well, sorry, Nathan. (laughs) The amount of mornings that he sets his alarm for half past six and it goes off. It's a Saturday morning. The children sleep till eight. His alarm goes off. Why did your alarm go off? I just didn't unset it. Fuming. Fuming. We'll have a prayer group down the front here for any couples that are angry with their partners for setting alarms at stupid times of the morning. But anyway, (laughs) what's the biggest decision that you've ever made? Obviously, those decisions, they're not big decisions. They're just little daily decisions that we make. Sometimes we make decisions without even thinking or realizing that we're making a decision. But maybe you've made a really big decision like where to study or who to marry, or what job or career to pursue, or maybe when to start a family, or whether to get a pet. For some people, that can be a very big decision. Maybe these decisions you're currently making right now, and that's good, that's exciting. They can be daunting, these decisions, but it's good. Sometimes I feel like just making a decision on the weekly shop and what meals to cook each week is a big enough decision that I struggle with on a weekly basis. But we make thousands of decisions every single day. 
easy ones, exciting ones, but sometimes they can be complex and stressful and difficult to make. These decisions can have a huge impact on our lives. They can impact results, finances, our time, feelings, relationships. It can affect the other people around us. Even our decisions can affect the next decision and the next decision and the next decision. How we make these decisions because of those effects is really important. But first, before we think about what decisions we make, we need to look at what influences us in how we make those decisions. What drives you to make a decision? What causes you to choose one decision over another? What causes you to choose one circumstance over another circumstance, one choice over another choice? I believe that our values and our beliefs and our attitudes shape us as people, but our values, beliefs and attitudes also play a huge part in how we make decisions. They guide us in our decision making. The values we've grown up with, the beliefs that we've been taught, the attitudes that we've developed, they all play a part in causing us to make certain decisions. There was a, an American academic social psychologist called Scott, Scott Plough, I think is how you say his surname. And he said that all judgments and decisions rest on the way that we see and interpret the world. So not only is it our values and our, our beliefs and our attitudes, but also the way that we see the world causes us to make certain decisions. From a reverse point of view, you can see somebody's values and attitudes and beliefs from the decisions that they've made. Maybe you've got friends and family around you and they've made a decision and you think, oh, okay, so that's where your values lie and, and that's how your attitudes are. And people see that in us as well as we make decisions. Maybe uh, if you ask yourself, do I believe that God answers prayer? When a friend tells me about a certain decision, is my first response, a certain situation, is my first response to pray? Is that where my values and my attitudes and my beliefs lie? That when a friend needs prayer, that's my first response. Or maybe in others, you think, do they put God first in their life? When life gets busy, do they still put church and reading God's word as a priority in their life? Those kinds of decisions, those kind of areas of our lives, you can really see the values and the beliefs and the attitudes of people and how they make decisions. We need to evaluate our values because just because we've not known any other values doesn't mean that they're necessarily the right values or the best values. We need to confront our beliefs because just because they're inherited, it's an inherited belief system, doesn't make it a right belief system, doesn't make it the best beliefs that we can have. We need to challenge our own attitudes and uh, how we've developed and how our attitudes have come to be doesn't necessarily mean that they can't develop to be better and more positive. The way that we see the world, we can challenge ourselves to see the world differently through the creator's eyes rather than through the world's eyes or through news report eyes or social media eyes to ensure that our values, our beliefs and our attitudes and the way that we see the world align with God so that we can make the best decisions for our lives possible. 
So how can we do that? As followers of Jesus, how can we evaluate our values? How can we confront our beliefs? How can we challenge our attitudes and see the world differently? Well, because these are huge factors that cause us to make decisions that build our life, it's really important that we do it. We need to look at God's word. The Bible is the greatest resource. It's like a how-to book when it comes to looking at and choosing our values, our beliefs, our attitudes, and the way that we see the world. You can choose daily what to build your life on. We can choose to build our life on the rock. We can choose to build our life on God's word. I hate drinking mid-message. I feel like everyone's watching me drink. (laughs) So Jesus actually showed us. In Matthew 7, 24 to 27, the, message, uh, the verses that we read at the beginning, he showed us what we should build our life on and how to build our life. Let's go back to them verses. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's how we should build our life, on his word. But not just to listen to it, not just to make a plan from it, but then actually build on it. Jesus is showing us through this story in Matthew what happens if we choose to hear his words and put them into practice or hear his words and choose not to put them into practice. And we're all building something in our lives. We're all building a life um, situations and circumstances and decisions within our lives, they're all building something. You're building your marriages, you're building your families, you're building careers, you're building homes, relationships, whatever it is that you're working towards right now, whatever your life involves, it's building. Whether you're intentionally, actively trying to build it, it's still building. Our life builds around us whether we choose to build or not. But then where does your life go if you're not intentionally doing it? It ends up building something you didn't intend to build. Whereas if we can use God's word to make sure that our values are in line, that our attitudes in line, that our beliefs in line, and that we're seeing the world how God sees it, we can make the right decisions that build a life that is on the rock that God has planned for us. There's a force that, that doesn't want us to build that life. There's a force that doesn't want us to build the things that matter. A force that would want us to have poor values, poor beliefs, poor attitudes, so that we can't build anything firm. That everything we build just ends up being weak and getting knocked down. Our decisions, influenced by our values, beliefs and attitudes, determine how we build. We can make the decision today, Icon Church, to build our life on the rock, to build our life on the word, to build things that matter on firm foundations. My family matters to me. I'm building my family. I want it to be built on the rock, firm, can't be knocked down. I'm building a career. I want to build a career that is firm, that is unshaken, that can't be knocked down. What are you building today, Icon Church, that you love so much, that you're prioritizing, that you are building, that you don't want to be shaken, that you want to be the strongest it can be at start? by looking at God's word and building it on the rock.
We need his word. We need to live by his word. We need to evaluate our values through his word, confront our beliefs through his word, challenge our attitudes through his word and see the world differently as God sees it through his word. So to build our life on the rock means to live by his word. So why? How do we do that? Well, the first thing is, number one, his word is empowering. In seasons where maybe things get difficult, I feel like you get to a certain age and you start to forget all the things that you've gone through. And, and I've been married for 15 years and, you know, I can kind of handpick and look back and think, oh yeah, I did go through that. And oh yeah, like Nathan sometimes preaches and says, oh, when we first got married, he didn't have a job and, and then we were trying to find money. And I was thinking, I've forgotten about that. Because sometimes you forget how God has blessed you. You forget how God has been good to you in those situations. But as you look back, you realize that those things, it was the word that kept us going. Church services, conferences, car worship, prayer, the Bible, wherever you are, his word is with you. His word can empower you through those situations. His word can lift and lighten you. His word can heal and restore you. His word can strengthen and focus you. All you have to do is use it every single day in those circumstances. In Hebrews 12, one to three, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, fixing our eyes on his word, fixing our eyes on the rock, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. That's how we get through those circumstances. That's how we get through life. That's how we get through circumstances and situations that are out of our control, that maybe we don't feel strong enough to get through. But by fixing our eyes on the rock, fixing our eyes on God's word, we become stronger. God makes us stronger. He empowers us. His word empowers us to persevere. His word empowers us to grow stronger. His word empowers us to finish what we started so that we don't give up. Maybe you started building your life on his word once. Maybe you've done it recently, maybe it was a long time ago, but at some point in that journey, maybe you gave in to the temptation of quitting and giving up. Maybe you got distracted by the world around you and the things that were going on and you forgot to focus on his word. Have you ever seen um, a half-built building? A building that's being built, but there's still scaffolding around it. Maybe there's no windows, there's just holes, or there's no roof on yet. It doesn't look very attractive. It doesn't look very appealing. It definitely doesn't look comfortable and warm and homely, that's for sure. And uh, me and Nathan bought a new build once, and we watched it as it was being built and as it was growing from the foundations all the way to the roof tiles going on the roof and the windows going in. And you do look at it and think, yes, this is exciting. This is our house. We're watching it grow and being built. But at the same time, you're looking at it thinking, it doesn't look very big. 
Because the houses, when you look at the, the foundations, they always seem smaller than when they're actually built. And you look at the windows and you think, I hope they're going to put them in. <laughs> and then at one point, they started doing tiling and I thought, they're the wrong tiles. And like, you almost criticise it because it's not finished and it's, it's not what it's meant to be. But what about a life that's half built? on a life of Jesus? What about a life that's only half built on the rock? That's not the best life that it can be. It's not the life that it was intended to be, that God intended. The builders and the, um, the designers and the architectures that, that draw houses and envisage what a house is going to look like when it's built, that half-built version isn't the finished article. That half-built version isn't what it's meant to be. And that's just with us. As we, if we don't build our life on the rock, our life can end up being just half built, not what God intended it to be. We need to build our life on the rock. God doesn't want us to be half built on his word. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to be the best that we can be. And we're called to be salt and light in this world. This, light, this world may not be what it's meant to be. It might not be the best that it can be and what God created it to be, but we can be the salt and light in this world to the people around us, to the circumstances that our friends and family are going in, going through. We can be the salt and light. He's called us and empowered us to have a life of perseverance so that we don't give up and we finish what we started. So church, are you allowing God to empower you? Are you allowing God's word to empower you to persevere, empowering you to strengthen you, to grow you, to challenge you? Because he loves you. He wants to grow you. He wants to build you. He wants you to be the best that you can be and build your life on the rock. We can make the decision today to build our life on his word. So that was the first one. His word is empowering. The second reason why we should build our life on the rock is because his word is detailed. I love detail. So much so that I will often tell a story with so much detail that Nathan will end up saying to me, I don't need your life story, just give me the basics. Just tell me, tell me what I need to know. Keep it simple. My mum and dad were babysitting a few weeks ago and she said, oh, you'll have to just let me know what they need and, and what I need to do for the boys to get them in bed and whatever. I sent her a very comprehensive list. It had times on, it had instructions. It said, put this milk in this bottle up to four ounces, put it in the microwave for 50 seconds. Like It was very precise, a very precise list. And my mum's response was, that's very comprehensive, sure we can cope. In other words, go away, we won't kill your children, they will be fine. You will come home to sleep children that are still alive and happy and healthy, even if we gave them five ounces, not four, even if we only put it in the microwave for 30 seconds, not 50. I love detail. I love detail. And God's word gives us detail on how to build our life. The way that we should speak, the way that we should act, you know, living a life that's with kindness, acts of kindness, a life that shows love to others. 
It shows us how we can, uh, where we can place our values, how we can treat people, what's important in life, what we should place high value on. The Bible shows us what we should believe in and uh, what we can have total faith in, where we can place our belief and our trust and our faith. It teaches us about attitudes, our thoughts and our heart, where we should have good attitudes. And it teaches us how we can see the world, how we should see the world through God's eyes. For one example, it says in Luke 10, 27, it says, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. That's detailed. Love, that's how we should love. That's how we should love ourselves. That's how we should love our neighbors. That's how we should love the world around us with all our heart, soul, strength and mind. It gives us details on the promises that God has given to us, God's eternal truth for our lives, the purposes that God has for us, the bigger picture. When you read the Bible, it starts to open up and you start to see this bigger picture that God has got. It shows us the plans that he's got for our lives and the steps that we can take to walk out that plan. For example, in Matthew chapter 5 and up to chapter 7, it talks about the Sermon on the Mount. And it basically, I'll let you go and read it because there's way too much to share right now, but it teaches you, here's a way to live. This is the way to live. In Proverbs chapter 31, it's, um, sorry, in Proverbs it has 31 chapters and it talks about you know, how you can build your life, what good things you can build your life on. And you could just read one a day for a month. That's how you can build your life on the rock. We can live by his word. If God was an interior designer, he is an interior designer of our hearts. But if you were to invite the greatest interior designer into your house... Maybe you're doing a massive refurb. Money's no object. You want the best designer to come and look at your house and and make it look the best that it can be. So you pay a fortune. You get this interior designer to come into your house. He is like world-renowned, like the Picasso of interior designing or something. And... uh, he comes up with these incredible ideas. He, he shows you, like, this is what your house could look like. I love that program where they spray the whole house white and then they show you what your house can look like. And I love stuff like that. But then you do nothing with it. And you just think, oh, no, I don't, no I'm not going to do that, actually. I'm just going to do this. I'll go for the cheaper option or the quicker option. And I'll just do this. But then that would be really stupid to pay that much money to somebody who is the expert and then for you not to use any of his wisdom or any of his ideas. That's like if we choose not to build our life on the rock. God is the interior designer of our heart. He's got incredible plans for our lives, the way that it can look the best and be the best and grow and flourish. And we have access to that. We don't have to pay a fortune for it. We don't have to book an appointment because he's world-renowned. He is world-renowned, but he's available to everyone at every time. But we've got access to that 24-7. But then if we don't use it, what a waste. We're not building our life on the rock. We're not building it the best that it can be. We need to go to his word to discover things like how to build the best marriage, 
how to invest in meaningful relationships, how to raise our children, how to serve others and love others, how to serve the church and love the church. The Bible teaches us all these things. It's all written there. We just need to use it and go to it. It's all there in his word. It's the greatest resource, like I said, the greatest how-to book on how to build your life. Make the decision today, Icon Church, to build your life on his word. The third one is, his word is with you. In John 1, 1 to 2, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus is referred to here in these verses, he's referred to as the Word. The Greek word logos, so it basically means Christ is logos. The definition, the meaning, the Word of God. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word of God. And God, through Jesus, is showing us who he is. When we see Jesus, we see God. When we read God's word, when we read about Jesus, we're reading God's word. We're reading God. But he didn't just come to show us that. He wanted us to have the word with us all the time. He wanted us to build our life upon it. And in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, sorry. Therefore, go now and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely... I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is speaking to the disciples and he's telling them to go and build. But he's not just saying go build anything wherever you like. He's saying go and build because I am with you. My word is with you. Go and build, but build on the rock. Go and build and build on my word. Go and build and build the right things, the right way, the right Um, strength and faith and power with the right values and attitudes and beliefs when the word is with you and you say yes your spirit gets stirred you're building your life on the rock it's steady it's secure his word in the midst of a noisy world can cause your spirit to be stirred can cause boldness can cause conviction can keep you going Make the decision today to build your life on his word. And the fourth thing, and the reason why we should invest in God's word, is because his word is faith building. His word is faith building. In Romans 10, 17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes from hearing the message. Faith comes from hearing his word. Faith comes when we build our life on the rock. Have you ever noticed that in times of low faith, in times where you feel like maybe you're struggling with your level of faith, you've kind of shut off or you've been distracted or maybe your heart's broken And in times, in these times of needing the most faith, we're often at risk of having the least faith. And it's because of having 
those circumstances that we're going through, they can cause us to shut down. They can cause us to distance ourselves. They can distract us from God's word. But it's in these times, whether we feel like it or not, Whatever it is you're going through, whatever is causing pain, whatever is causing distraction, whatever is um, going on and being noisy in your world, it's in those times where we need to make the decision, whether we feel like it or not, to open God's Word. It's in those decisions where we need to decide, I'm going to church, no matter what I'm going through, no matter the situations, I'm going to be there because God's Word's going to speak to me. I'm going to be there. I'm going to call my friend because I know that she'll have a scripture that she can give to me in this season. And I've been through things before where I felt like I can't pray or I felt like I can't open my Bible. But I knew that in this place, there was a speaker on stage that was going to be used to speak to me. By God. There was somebody in the room that would pray for me. There was somebody in the room that would have a word for me. Because when we get those words, that's what empowers us. That's what causes us to persevere and to keep going and to not give up. Because it's in those situations and circumstances where we can become distant and our faith can become low, that then suddenly we realise we don't have the strength to carry on. We're not becoming stronger. It's in those weak moments when we reach for his word, that's where the strength comes to carry on. That's where the strength comes to be able to persevere. His word is empowering. His word empowers us to persevere, to grow stronger, to finish what we started. His word builds faith. When our circumstances in the world tell us that we should be knocked down, that we should be shaken, his word can cause us to get back up and to not wobble. His word can cause us His word can cause us to stand strong, to stand firm, to be unswerving. His word builds faith so that we can live out his word and obey his word. It's the courage that we need to get through the day sometimes. His word is the courage that we need to get us through the season. His word is the courage that we need to obey his plans and his purposes that he has called us to. It's how we stand firm in our faith when the world and the culture around us is so noisy. It's his word that gives us faith in the midst of the noise. There's only one thing that we desperately need today, each and every single one of us, one thing that we desperately need. We all need faith. We all need faith. And where do we find that faith? It's built on the rock. It's built on His Word. I'm not just going to let my faith build by itself. I'm not just going to assume that because I go to church once a week, I've got faith. Because when those seasons come, where your house is being shaken, when the waters are rising around you, when seasons come that want to knock you down, it's in those seasons where you really see the level of your faith. And I don't want to wait till that point to then discover my faith isn't strong enough. I'm not strong enough. But actually we can daily build our faith. We can daily build on the rock so that when those seasons come, we've got strong faith. We're ready, we're persevering, we feel empowered, we're ready to go. It's all in the detail God's shown us. Make the decision today to build your life on His Word. His Word is empowering, His Word is detailed, His Word is with you. 
His Word is faith building. His Word is what we can build our life on. If you're wondering where you can go next from this message, well, you can go to the website, the We Follow Jesus, the Follow Jesus website. And if you click on the We Read the Bible, it can show you incredible habits that you can develop to read God's Word every day, to build your life on His Word, to strengthen your faith, to build your faith, to grow your faith, so that you can develop those habits so that you are building your life on the rock. Let's stand together, church, because I would love to pray for us this morning. Yes, Lord God, I'm, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You, Lord God, that You sent Your Word to be with us. You sent Your Word so that we could build our life on Your Word, Lord God. I thank You that it's not just a book of nice stories, that it's not just a book of Your amazing Son, that it's not just a book of some things that can help to guide us a little bit, but actually we can build our entire life on it. That we can cause our lives to grow and flourish because of it. I thank You, Lord God, that Your Word is empowering. I thank You, Lord God, that Your Word is detailed. I thank You, Lord God, that Your Word is with us and that we can build our faith on it, Lord God. And I pray this morning, that as everyone in this room and everyone online reaches out to you this morning to seek your word, Lord God, that you will empower us, that you would show us the detail, Lord God, that you would go before us, Lord Jesus, and that you would build our faith, Lord God. I specifically pray for anyone in this room right now who feels like they're going through a season, a difficult season, circumstances that are causing them to be shaken, causing them to feel weak, Lord God, causing them to feel like their faith is low. I pray, Lord God, that you would use your word, Lord Jesus, to tell them, Lord God, that you can make them stronger. I pray, Lord God, that as they seek thee, that you would empower them, that they would persevere, that they would seek a level of your spirit and a level of your power, Lord God, that would cause them to know they can finish this race. It doesn't matter what they're going through, but they can get to the other side because you are with them, Lord Jesus. And I pray that your word would encourage them daily, Lord God, to persevere through that race, Lord God. I declare and I pray for praise reports right now of people saying, I went through this season, I went through this circumstance, I went through this issue, but God's Word, God's Word was my rock, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that You would be a rock in these situations, in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen.